is Coaches Chat. I'm your host, Betsy Foster, personal trainer for over 12 years. I started on a completely different career path and headed into personal training with just a piece of paper that said I could do it. I learned along the way, building a successful personal training career in commercial gyms, privately and remotely. And now I'm here to help you, whether you're a new grad, a career changer, or somebody who's already a pro just looking to get better. I'm sharing what I know, the stuff the textbooks didn't teach you, and bringing on other colleagues to share their experiences. And I'm doing it with compassion, big smiles, and a lot less bravado than you've come to know in the fitness industry. I'm happy you're here. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coach's Chat, episode 99. Are you kidding me? Next episode will be 100. So a little programming note, this is coming out on a Tuesday, uh, June 13th. So then the next episode 100 is going to come out on Tuesday, June 20th. I'm not going to do a short Friday episode because episode 100 is a celebration. So you still have a little time to get in the um, contest for the gift cards. Um, If you leave a review for the podcast, then simply screenshot it and send it to me via Instagram DM or on my email, Betsy at the letter bfosterstrong.com, then you'll be entered to win. I so appreciate all those kind words. It helps me get in the podcast um, into the ears of more people, but it also just lets me know that people are getting something valuable out of the podcast. So I am very appreciative. If that's not your thing, no problem. If you feel like leaving some stars, that's also very helpful. And if you feel like sharing the podcast with someone who you think will get something out of it, that is also really, really important to me and so, so appreciated. The goal here is just to help more people, help more people who want to do this, strengthen, you know, I I think sometimes... I am certainly an idealist or like a big ideas person. And I feel like we can change a lot systemically if we put the work in. And maybe that makes me naive, but my naivete will, uh, will keep me going for a long time. So I think we can do big things, big changes, improve our industry, improve your ability to be a great coach. Um, and, and shake it up for the better for the people that we're trying to help. So, Let me get into today's episode because I love this topic and I think it's something that we don't talk about enough uh, and and has to be addressed if you're going to have a long career in training or is a good moment if if after you do these things that I'm going to suggest and it's still very hard for you to have enough energy, um, you know, mental, physical, emotional well-being to do your job, then then maybe it's you need to be working in the fitness industry just in some other capacity. Because what we're going to be talking today about today is protecting your peace in a client-facing role. As a personal trainer, your job is first and foremost very client-facing, meaning it's an interpersonal role where you are actively in relationship with people at 
for most of your job. And that takes a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of effort. And if we think about sort of helping professions in general, we're thinking about sort of the emotional toll it takes to help support someone, especially if someone's um, really struggling with their, you know, fitness goal, how they view their body. All of these things can, can, put a lot of strain on an individual who's doing the helping. Um, And there are probably likely people in, you know, um, counseling, in social work, and all of these sort of um, much higher stakes, higher intensity um, relationship uh, interpersonal style jobs where they work on these skills. I think sometimes we forget that as personal trainers, that ends up being something that fits in our, or that falls under our job description as well. Certainly we're not counseling folks on problems outside or, you know, challenges. I don't want to say problems. I don't want to say, I want to say challenges outside of our scope, but it doesn't mean that people don't share with you. They don't ask a lot of you. Um, They don't, you don't take on, or you may not, you may feel that you have to take on some of the struggle or worry or whatever that may be. That's just the part of dealing with people. And if your job is eight hours straight of dealing with lots of different personalities and lots of switching and lots of energy and lots of um, just like intentional focus, it can wipe you out. It can really wipe you out. And if you are particularly a more introverted person, it can zap you of that energy. Because if we think about and how they, how it is described typically when we look at extroverted versus introverted people is where you get your energy from. So introverted people may be good at being really outgoing, bubbly, but if they restore their energy in a, in a very alone setting or small group setting, then this kind of um, forward-facing, client-facing, high-energy situation can really zap them of their energy. And that's what I hear a lot from trainers, especially ones who are really good and who are giving a lot in their sessions, giving a lot of their energy, really connecting with the people that they're working with they're tired all the time from that. They need a break from this like uh, client facing part of their role because it zaps them of their energy and they don't feel sometimes like they have enough time for themselves or that they can prioritize their own needs. So I'm going to give you four strategies for managing that your own personal energy, managing your ability to come back, refresh, recharge, but prioritize your needs. And how I'm describing it is protecting your peace as a personal trainer. So number one, we're going to talk about, and this is probably the biggest one, most are overarching, is about that setting boundaries. And I know I've spoken about it before, but Setting boundaries in terms of taking your work home with you. How much are you going to actually do of your work at your home? What are you going to, what kind of boundaries are you going to establish with clients in terms of communication? First, that's probably what I'm talking about in one sense is the actual times that they can communicate with you about sessions, about um, exercise suggestions. You know, are you responding to every message instantly or have you established the idea that on 
on the weekdays, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. And on the weekends, I'll get back to you on Monday. Or if it's around our session, I'll get back to you. But but please know that I'll be prioritizing my personal time over these days that I take off, whatever that may be. That's also the kind, the kind of second kind of boundary in the communication department is what is it okay for, for me to speak with you about? What do I feel comfortable with you sharing with me? That I think in my mind sounded better than it came out, but um, for so many who feel very comfortable with their trainers, who, who develop a really close comfortable relationship, it can sometimes get a little murky on what someone feels okay sharing with you. And so if they're sharing things about their relationship that make you uncomfortable, if they're sharing things about their coworkers, about their own bodies, about any kind of thing that makes you uncomfortable, one, hopefully you're setting up um parameters in the beginning that really establish that, but two, then you're speaking up about your boundaries as you go. People take particularly, I think more particular, this this is a broad statement, but I think people take boundaries from women as women being mean. Let them. I do not, I do not care. And that is something that has evolved for me because I wasn't always that way, but it's, my boundaries are very important. And if they are off-putting to you, you either need to have a, a, you know, a conversation with me about it and say, like, if, if you want to ask me why I've set this boundary, you're more than welcome to. And I can either answer you or tell you I don't feel comfortable with it or you need to just get used to it. And, and the idea that you have to be so self-sacrificing and so, quote unquote, nice that you don't establish boundaries and limits to your time, to what you're willing to provide for people, then you're going to get in this spiral where it's hard to get out of. So let the idea that you have to be nice to everybody 100% of the time um, over nice to others over nice to yourself. You know, you prioritize other people's needs before yours. Boundaries is prioritizing your needs before others. So when it comes to communication boundaries with clients, it's really good to have that conversation early. I know I've said it in a previous podcast, but there is sort of a joke in the fitness industry about personal trainers being like therapists. You're not, unless you are a licensed mental health therapist or whatever um, sort of designation that is appropriate for you to be talking about things with your clients. uh, You're not. You are not. Now, you can certainly talk about what's comfortable with you but and what you've established as okay, but you're not dispensing advice. So if you are not that person in their life, speaking about things that are out of your scope is only going to create more confusion and put you at risk for doing something that's not appropriate for your job. So just in general, we can be kind humans. We can relate to people. We can connect. We can really get to know someone without being emotionally dumped on. And so you just need to figure out a way what's what's best um, in the way that fits your personality best, establishing some boundaries. Boundaries on what, what services you provide and how much they cost. That's an important boundary. That's saying, this is what my time is worth. 
please respect me for my time. I saw something recently that was about like, if they're your real friends, they're not asking for a discount. They're asking to pay you more. I may have mentioned that on a previous podcast too, because I'm, I'm at 99 episodes. I've, I got to be repeating myself at this point. <laughs> um, right. You, you have value to you, to your time, to what you do, to your expertise, to all these things that you put in. That's another boundary. Another boundary is expecting to be compensated for your time. And it gets murky in the personal training sphere because you really do connect one-on-one with people. You build meaningful friendships. I would consider so, I have meaningful relationships with all my clients. I still have to maintain professional boundaries so that I can live a life in which I have not necessarily work-life balance, because I'm not sure I believe in that, but I have spaces where they're my own and they are separate from my work atmosphere and that I feel like I get what I need in my life and I'm not just giving, giving, giving. I think that's in a lot of helping professions. People give and give and give and then they look back and they're like, but what did I do for myself? And so you have to think about it from a very proactive place so that you don't get burnt out. Um, Number two is minimizing code switching. So when we talk about code switching, we're talking about how we speak, act, present differently in around different people. And it's used in a lot of different kinds of contexts. But if we're thinking about it in this context, if you are you personally, and then you're you as a trainer, and you have a work voice and a work energy and a work like personality, and then you are your real self somewhere else, that's going to get exhausting. Now, I am not saying that you have to be you know, super colloquial with your clients, or you have to be, you know, a little, uh, there's certainly some too comfortable I hear with um, clients and their trainers. But, but showing up as your authentic self, realizing that you don't have to put on an act as a trainer can help you save some energy, because that's exhausting. It's exhausting to do your, you know, my work face versus my home face. There's always going to be some of that, but trying to minimize how different that person is that you, that you are at work, that you are in your job is really going to help. And it's also going to help you attract the clients who are going to be the best fit for you. Because if you are showing up like you, you get people who want to work with you. If you have a persona, and especially if you have a code switch, like If you're switching every between every single person that you're seeing, oh my gosh, that's exhausting. That's like playing seven roles in in you know one movie. You want to be as much yourself so there's less of that energy. That's number two. Number three is to give yourself transition time. I went to a workshop pretty early in my training career where they brought in a um, psychologist. And, you know, a lot of people were like rolling their eyes at this guy. And I thought this is the most incredible opportunity for us as trainers, because I think that we're going to gain a lot about how to interact with people. And he mentioned that you need to have a literal 
maybe literal is not the right word for this. You need a moment where you transition from the last thing you were doing into your new thing that you're doing. You've got to bring yourself into the present moment. And something that we're doing all the time is like rushing from thing to thing to thing to thing. And we're not where we are until five minutes into it. So this means we can really re-energize ourselves, protect our, our, our energy resources by giving ourselves a moment to get into the space that we're in, to say, okay, right now I am going into my, into my session. I need to table all the things that I was thinking about before. I need to table the grocery list because I need to be present here. I need to table the meeting with my kid's teacher because I need to be right here right now. I need to table that argument from earlier because I need to be right here right now. When I transition out of this, I can do that. Similarly, we need to transition out at the end of the day. I need you to to put your, um, your, your metaphorical files away. Is that the right word I'm thinking? Yeah. You need to be able to say, okay, this client is done for today. I'm going to slip it away as much as possible because now I need to give my energy to making dinner. I need to give my energy to like going and enjoying the hobby that I'm looking forward to. I don't respond to clients' texts about things while I'm doing my workout. My workout is my workout time. I do not. I will, I promise it's not, it's not going to be any longer than two hours. In two hours, I will get back to you because I've transitioned into the space that is for me, for my body, for my presence. And that's a really good boundary to have because I know I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. I just, I get this time right now. And then when I do show up, I'm fully present in the text to go, this is what I was thinking about. Here's where I am. Creating transition, creating, okay, at the end of the day, I'm done with this. I will put it on the shelf until whenever. It's a little bit like that practice of um, what they sometimes suggest if you're experiencing insomnia because your mind is running with like to-do lists to actually just have a pen and paper by your bed and like actually write out the things before you go to sleep. Similarly, if you need to do something like that, if your mind is going to want a run with all the things for the next day, give yourself five minutes at the end of your workday to write those down and then, and then know you're going to come back. Know you're going to come back. Nothing that we do as personal trainers are, is heart surgery. And I mean that in the most like not, uh, non belittling way as possible, but like if something gets, uh, you know, you don't get paid enough for it to be something that can't be dealt with in 12 to 24 hours. You aren't at an operating table with the person open. Um, that is that is a little bit why they're compensated at that level, because it requires that focus and it requires that level of attention and they can't miss a step. I don't, I'm not advocating that you don't put a lot of effort and I'm not advocating that you miss steps in your work. But if you forget something, the the world is going to continue to move on. So you got to have spaces where you're in your work mode and then spaces where you let it go. And then lastly, and this one's going to be kind of like, you know, you can do, you can do the only the best you can, but you really need to not over schedule yourself. 
So if you start to get to the point where seeing eight people in a day was too much, you got to figure out a way to only see seven. And whether that be raising your rates, whether that be taking on semi-private clients so you can increase the rate of the hour, maybe speaking to your um, supervisor about picking up like an hour of clerical work or something while you don't see a client in that hour because that's different energy. You just, you just need to look at how much is your cap. I used to have a, a friend. Well, I mean, they're still my friend. They used to work with me. And um, he always said like six is my max for the day. I can see six clients and that's it. And, and he would always say to me, like, you have them back to back. I got to have, I can only have two back to back. Then I got to rest two back to back. I was like, great, that works for you. I tend to be, and I never knew this about myself, but I'm wildly extroverted. I love, <laughs> like, I really didn't know this about myself. I would have described myself as introverted. Yeah, I do get my energy from people. And when I'm tired at the end of the day, but I'm, but I'm refreshed and I actually enjoy the hours with people. The people hours are really fueling for me. So I didn't have as much trouble um, going back to back to back. I, I, I had to give myself a couple seconds, minutes to like switch modes to the next person and go, okay, what do I need to be thinking about? Um, but also most people were getting the exact same person for me. So I didn't, you know, I've, I've developed a way in which I show up like me and I don't have to do a lot of code switching. So those are the four things that I really think if you're able to implement those, you will get some energy back. You will not feel so burnt out after working with people all day long. And, and you can still really provide great service, find a lot of joy, but not be so tired at the end of the week that you can't do any of the fun stuff that you want to do in your life or end of the night. Or, you know, I don't want you to do this for six months and have never had time for yourself and always feel zapped energy-wise. So this is a way to protect your energy, to live your full life and still give all that you can in this very um, on mode that is working with clients and this really emotionally available um, level of... of you know, uh, attentiveness and, um, and, a, and just general like support for a person. That's if you're doing that for a lot of people, it is tiring. These are those four tools that can help that. So I'm going to just remind you of those four real quick. And then hit me up with any questions you have about any of these, any ways to implement, if there's one that really works for you, if I missed anything, you know the drill, you, you know, talk to me. Um, number one was setting boundaries. That's in communication, that's in time, that's in money, all of those things. Set boundaries so that you prioritize what you need first. Number two, you're going to minimize code switching by being your authentic self, by being the person who is most like you in their professional space, right? You know, you are going to have a tired on the couch version of you for your partner that is going to be more relaxed and not work appropriate. But for the most part, we're not giving a different person to every single client. Um, that would be exhausting. 
Number three, you're going to give yourself transition time. Transition time into the workspace, into the session, out of the session. Create some differentiation between the places and tasks and things that you're doing. And lastly, not overscheduling yourself. Learn what your limit is and stick to it. That means if somebody needs an exception sometimes, if that means somebody has to switch their sessions that week and you really know about yourself that you can't do more than five, you can't do more than seven, you still have to say no because you don't want to limit what you can give someone when you know what works for you. Okay? I really hope that's helpful. Again, reach out if you need anything um, or if you want to talk about these uh, little pieces of advice. You can find me on Instagram at foster underscore strength or you can email me Betsy at the letter B foster strong dot com. Um, thank you. As always, go do amazing things. And until next time, Bye.